Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Today, we're going to start a series. We're actually starting a new series today. And if you don't know what a series is, is we just take a topic and talk about it for a couple of weeks. Today, we're going to start a new series called Breathe Easy, Relieving Tension from God's Wisdom. Amen? We're going to talk about how to relieve some tension in our lives. And we're going to be talking about six areas that when we think about stress, when we think about tension, we typically don't think about But truth is that these areas either create health in our life or they create tension, stress in our life. Amen? Uh, Last night, I took Mesa to a concert and I told myself I wasn't going to scream as much and I'm feeling it in my voice right now, okay? So if you you feel me a little bit comfortable, I just had a great time with my daughter yesterday. But uh, but anyways, going back, uh, we're going to be talking about six things. We're going to talk about your social life. We're going to talk about your mental life. We're going to talk about your emotional life. We're going to talk about your spiritual life. And we're going to talk about your financial life. Because here's the thing, when God created us and he gave us the life that he gave us, he created us with the purpose and he gave us everything we need to accomplish that purpose but what ends up happening is that stress things begin to go out of balance out of whack and tension begins to form in our lives and when tension forms in your life life becomes what hard difficult painful uh tiring right when you walked in you received a rubber band everybody got a rubber band This is not to throw it at me, okay? I know Rosie was telling people to throw it at me. Don't listen to her. She needs Jesus. Okay? Everybody got a rubber band when when, when they walked in. Um, I want you to do something. I want you to take it in your hands. I got a bigger one so that you could see it. And I want you to stretch it. When you stretch it, it creates what? Tension. What's pulling it back, it's what? The tension. Right? Now, be careful. I don't want you to hit anybody. I told you not to, hit, not to hit me, but also don't hit anybody else. Now, do something with me. If you were to take that rubber band and stretch it as far as you could, and keep, well, my, my pop, see? If you were to stretch it as far as you could and keep it that way for a long time, what would happen? It would break. It would snap like mine did. But in most cases it would lose what? It's elasticity. It's ability to go back and forth, right? Well, when there's tension in our life and we don't relieve that tension, when there isn't health in our life, let me say it another way, and we're constantly living overwhelmed, we're constantly living overcommitted, we're constantly living in the run, we lose the, 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 the elasticity, we lose the joy that God meant for us to have as we live. 
So what we need to do is that we need to introduce some health into our lives. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. And we're going to begin by talking about the first topic. Are you with me? Amen. Put that rubber band away. I don't want you to hit somebody. I don't want you to hurt yourself. Let's pray and then we'll jump into the message. (coughs) Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, because... We believe truth, transformation, and life is found in you and in your word, Lord. So as we go into it, we don't want it to just kind of make us feel good. We don't want it to just kind of sound good. We want it to produce good in our lives, Lord. So, Lord, as we begin a series, I am praying that as we apply your word, we're going to begin to relieve some of that tension in our lives, And we're going to begin to have peace. We're going to begin to have joy. We're going to begin to have clarity. We're going to begin to have rest. We're going to begin to have uh, strength. We're going to begin to have vision. We're going to begin to have desire, Lord. And Lord, that is going to happen because your word is going to give us the wisdom that we need to be able to do that. So Lord, we pray that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, the first topic that we're going to talk about as we talk about relieving stress and breathing easy, is that we're going to talk about our social life, specifically about our friendships. And on the surface, it may seem like friendships have nothing to do with tension and stress in our life. But I guarantee you that if you were to take the things that are stressing you in your life, they are connected to someone There's a someone. Maybe it's someone at work. Maybe it's somebody at church. Maybe it's your pastor, right? No, I doubt it's your pastor, right? So it's probably work, right? Uh, Maybe it's a neighbor. It's somebody. And specifically, what I want to talk to you about today is your friendships. Your friendships can bring a lot of health into your life, or they can bring a lot of tension into your life. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 27, 19. It says, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by what? By the kind of friends he what? Chooses. A mirror reflects your physical appearance, but your friendships reveal who you really are. Remember that old saying? Remember this old saying? Look, they'll put it up here on the screens. Can we get it on the screens? Look, remember this old saying? Tell me who your friends are, and I will tell you what you are. Tell me who you're hanging around with, and I'll tell you who you are. I I think there's a modern version of it going on in TikTok today. And it says that if you hang around five smart people, you'll become the sixth one. If you you hang around five um, educated people, you'll become the sixth one. That if you hang around uh, five healthy people, you'll become the sixth one, right? Tell me who your friends are, and I will tell you who you are. Our friendships, maybe you never saw it this way, and that is why we need the wisdom of God. Our friendships say a lot about who we are. I'm not a low life dad, just my friends are. I'm not promiscuous, just all my friends are. I'm not broke, just all my friends are. I'm a Christian, just my friends are the ones that are not Christians. Tell me who your friends are, 
and I will tell you what you are. And, and, and that's exactly what Proverbs tells us. It tells us that the friends that we choose greatly say a lot about who we are. Not only do your friends reveal a lot about you, right? But here's the other thing. Friends have a great influence in your life. They, they greatly influence where your life ends up. Your friends not only tell you who you are, but they also tell you where you're going to end up. And look at what the Bible tells us in Proverbs 12, 23. Look at this. It says the godly give what? Good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them what? Stray. When you got good friends, they're going to give you good advice. When you have not so good friends, they're going to give you poor advice that is going to lead your life to ruin, that is going to lead your life to hurt, that is going to create tension and stress in your life. Listen to me. Your friends, our friendships are the difference between good and evil. They're the difference between success and failure. They're the difference between a godly life and a healthy life or an evil, sinful life. Our friends say a lot about who we really are, and they also greatly influence uh, the destiny. They greatly influence our future. And the Bible has a lot to say about our social life. Not only the impact it has, but the Bible also gives us certain warnings. Look at what the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. It says, my dear friends, look at what Paul calls us, right? I know in church where we kind of see more each other as a family, but, but, but we're also friends. In fact, Jesus said that we were his friends as well. He says, my dear friends, and look at the authority and look at the passion. He says, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I would beg you. I beg you not to have anything to do with any of your people who loaf around and refuse to obey the instructions we gave you. You surely know what you should follow. You surely know that you should follow our example. We didn't waste our time loafing. What is the apostle Paul saying here? He's saying, hey, be very careful with the friends you choose. Don't choose bad friendships. And I know that your gears are already going and you're thinking about your friends, right? Is Juan a bad friendship or a bad friendship? Is Manolo a good friendship or a bad friendship? But before, before you get all judgmental, before you get all judgmental on your friends, and one of the things that you ought to do as a result of this message is evaluate your friendships. Let me ask you a really tough question. What kind of friend are you? Before you look out, can we look within? What kind of friend are you? If your friends were to be here listening to this message, what would they say about you? Are you leading them towards good or towards what's evil? Are you bringing health or are you bringing tension into their life? Are you helping them to follow Christ or are you leading them away from Christ? What would your friends say about you? Now, here's the thing. Uh, today, I want to take a little different spin. I want to tell you about four types of friends you shouldn't have, but also you shouldn't be, okay? I'm going to focus on not having these friends, but you shouldn't be this kind of friend, okay? Now, here's the thing. 
When it comes to friendships, you ready for this? This is going to blow your mind, okay? We get to choose. Did you know that? Pastor, but we're Christian. Shouldn't we just be friends with everybody? <coughs> you should be friendly and loving with everybody. But you got to choose your friends very carefully. Did you know that as a pastor, I have the right to choose my friends? I do. And so do you. Now, we need to be friendly. We need to be loving. We, we need to be accessible. But we need to be careful who we build our life around with. So what I want to do today is I want to help you avoid four types of friendships. But also, on the other side of that, I want you to not be that kind of friend. Are you ready? You're not ready. Nobody's ready. <laughs> All right. Here's the first type of friend to avoid. You can fill this out in your outline. The first type of friend to avoid, the first type of person to avoid is a lazy person. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Amen? Why? Why, why? why would lazy make the first one, Esther? Well, look at what first, uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says. L look at this. It says, we also gave you this rule. If you don't work, you don't eat. Nathan tells me all the time. Every morning, he tells me, Dad, are you going to go to work today? And I'm like, yes, I'm going to go to work today. <laughs> Why do you have to go to work? Because you like to eat a lot, dude. <laughs> right? If you don't work, you don't eat. Now, listen. Here's what the Bible tells us. By the Bible saying, if you don't work, you don't eat, it lets us know that being lazy is no minor thing. Being lazy is no light thing. The Bible says that being lazy is such a big thing that if you want to be lazy, then you shouldn't eat. Can I give you the exaggerated version of that verse? If you want to be lazy, you almost shouldn't exist. Why? Well, here's why. Proverbs 26, 13 through 16 is going to give us some of the Horrible consequences that a lazy person uh, produces. So you don't want a lazy friend, but you also don't want to be a lazy friend. Here's the first thing. Here's the first consequence. A lazy person, and you can fill this out in your outline, fools himself. A lazy person fools themselves first and foremost. Proverbs 26, 13. Here's a great verse. The lazy person claims... There's a lion on the road. Yes, I'm sure there's a lion out there. Well, what if I apply and they deny me? What if I go to work and I get shot at? Right? A lazy person doesn't want to do anything. So you know what they begin to do? They begin to deceive themselves by lying to themselves. <laughs> They invent reasons not to work, which, by the way, I know school's coming back. Have you noticed that your kid's stomach hasn't hurt all summer? <laughs> My kids didn't wake up sick one single day during the summer. 
But as school starts, I think the stomach flu comes back, right? But a lazy person invents reasons not to work because what they want to do is justify their laziness. They want to rationalize their laziness. And they say, oh, I can't go to work because there's a lion on the road and I don't want to die. It's just lazy. Second, a lazy person, a lazy person not only fools themselves, but a lazy person doesn't advance, doesn't prosper. They don't produce any fruit in their life. They aren't going anywhere. A lazy person is stuck. It's stale. I love how verse 14 of that passage uh, puts it. Look, it says, as a door swings back and forth on his hinges, so the lazy person turns over in bed. Just like a door swings back and forth, it's not going anywhere, it's not really doing much. A lazy person, what? Does the same in their bed, right? <clears throat> Number three, here's the third reason why a lazy person's not a good friend. Because a lazy person is self-destructive. A lazy person is self-destructive. And, and oftentimes we don't see this till it's too late. Verse 15 tells us the following. It says, lazy people take food in their hand, but don't even lift it to their mouth. How lazy are they that they don't even do something that is essential for themselves? <coughs> And a, and a lazy person begins, begins to, to lower the bar in their life so much, they begin to give up on God's promises. They begin to give up on what they, what they should have and could have simply because they're lazy. That's why you don't want to be a lazy friend or have lazy friends. But the last one, the last reason why is that a lazy person is uncorrectable. A lazy person doesn't want to learn, can't learn, and won't learn. Because if they learn, they have to change, right? Verse 16 says, lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven what? Wise counselor. Have you ever noticed how smart lazy people are at being lazy? I was looking for a video, I couldn't find it, of this little girl that she saw tucked up, and you can tell she's kind of cold. She saw tucked up, and she got her phone here, and she's got one of those birthday things that when, when you blow it, it kind of rolls out, and she's using that to scroll the phone. <laughs> hey, before you laugh at her, before you laugh at her, remember telling your kid, hey, go change the channel. Can you put the volume up? Why? Because you were too tired to get up and do it. Right? But listen, lazy people think they know it all. They think they have it figured out. And they're not willing to listen to anybody. They're not willing to listen to any advice, any correction, any instruction. They are in bondage to self-delusion. Did you know that? Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why you avoid lazy friends. In short, lazy friends will lead you to failure. Lazy friends will lead you to failure. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 12, 24. It says, work hard and become what? A leader. Be lazy and what? Never succeed. What is the opposite of succeed? What is, it? what is the opposite of succeeding? Failure. If you're lazy, you'll fail. So don't 
Choose friends that are lazy. But also, don't be a friend that's lazy. Be a friend that helps others succeed. Amen. Amen? Number two, avoid being friends, number one, with lazy people. But second, you ready for this one? You can say ouch too, okay? Angry people. Okay, you got, we're a church. You have to be honest, right? For a church, you got to be honest. How many angry people we got in the room? Oh, man, you guys were honest. I didn't think, nobody, I didn't think anybody was going to raise their hand. Anger is one of those things that it's kind of hard to see, right, in the mirror. Anger, we can see it in our suegra, right? Our suegra's always angry. <laughs> right? Anger, we can see it in the other reckless drivers. But, but it's, it's hard to see anger in your... I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. I didn't scream at you. I'm just Mexican. <laughs> Look at what Proverbs 29, 11 says. Look at this. Which, by the way, by the way, uh, 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 let me tell you this about anger. Anger is a natural, neutral feeling. It is not a sin to get angry. Jesus got angry. The sin or the problem is inventing that anger. It's when we vent. It's okay to get angry that you got cut off. It's okay. It's not okay for you to flip them off because you got cut off. It's okay to get angry because your sister put on your clothes. It's okay. But it's not okay to take her clothes and give it to the dog to sleep on. It's not okay. Anger, anger in itself is not a bad thing. It's what it leads you to do that becomes the problem. Anybody got angry friends? Manolo, you got an angry friend? No. Dude, you should have said no. Look at what Proverbs 29, 11 says. Fools, fools, then what? Their anger. But the wise what? Hold it back. Right? Why? Why avoid an angry friend? Why not? Why shouldn't we have angry friends? Well, here's a couple of reasons why. Because the person that gets angry, number one, you can fill this out in your outline, gets into a lot of trouble. An angry person gets into a lot of trouble. Proverbs 29, 22 says an angry person starts what? Fights. By the way, I don't know if you knew this, but in every marriage, in every marriage, especially in marriage, there's a skunk and there's a turtle. Did you know that? I'm not talking about looks. I'm talking about actions. The skunk is the one that blows things up. They just got to make a big deal out of it. It's like, no, we're going to talk about it now. We're not going to sleep till we figure this out. The turtle, the turtle is the one that, let's just get over it. It's okay. They want to go to the room, right? They, they want to avoid problems. I'm not going to ask you if you're the skunk or the turtle. <laughs> I know you're waiting for me to ask you that. I'm not going to ask you that. All I'm going to ask you is, have you noticed that the skunks are the ones that are creating, well, not creating, elevating most of the problems in marriage? And all the skunks said no. <laughs> no. 
Look at this. Proverbs 29, 22. Proverbs 29, 22. An angry person starts what? Fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sins. You know why an angry friend is not a good friend? Because an angry friend is going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you physically, emotionally, mentally, and even create, possibly create legal problems for you. If you have angry friends, you will only end up with more pain. If you're an angry friend, you are going to generate pain in the lives of others. They think they're brave, but they're just angry. And an angry person gets into a lot of trouble, all kinds of trouble. Number two, the person that gets angry causes conflicts, right? Not only do they hurt, but they, they create a lot of conflicts. Proverbs 15, 18 says a hot-tempered person stirs up what? Conflict. You know, um, for many, for a long time, <coughs> I wanted to avoid TikTok because I didn't want another social media app in my life, you know. But my siblings kept sending text messages with TikTok videos. And one day Angel said, dude, instead of like opening the browser, just get the app, you know. So anyways, long story short, I got the app. <laughs> I, I don't post any videos, so you don't have to follow me or anything. Um, but if you don't know how TikTok works, I think most social medias work this way, but TikTok the most, is that if there's a video and you watch it, and you like it, or share it, you know what's going to happen? They're going to show you a lot more of those. Did any of you guys share that video of the guy punching the windshield in the road? I did. <laughs> so when I open TikTok now, you know what I get a lot? Road rage. Ridiculous road rage. And local one, too. I'm keeping my eyes open to see if I see any of you. An angry person causes conflict. Road rage people are angry people. I'm glad somebody's honest. I hope the rest of you are honest with the Lord and you also said to say, Lord, I am. Please help me. Right? But third, an angry person makes bad decisions. The, the, the third reason why an angry friend's not a good friend is because an angry friend makes bad decisions. Proverbs 14, 29 says, a hot temper, uh, a hot temper shows great what? Foolishness. Here's why, here's why when you're angry, you make bad decisions. Because uh, blood stops flowing to your brain. You get hot-tempered. So you, you're acting on your feelings. You're acting on those emotions. And you're, and you're not able to think rationally. You've ever punched the wall? No wall's ever lost. <laughs> no wall's ever lost. Right? Uh, maybe like a more modern one, those of you that played video games, you've ever slammed a control? Right? You can't pass a level or somebody keeps killing you on, on the game. So you're like, bah, there goes $80, right? 
Listen, an angry person makes bad decisions. I am not kidding you. I have seen people leave their marriage, leave their family because anger got the best of them. I've seen people abdicate their responsibilities. I've seen people just abandon their, 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 their tasks because they're angry. And you know what angry people do? Angry people throw the baby with the bathwater. Ever heard that expression? Let me tell you what that means. That means that if there's 80% good, the 20% that angers them causes them to just flush everything down. And they make bad decisions, right? But not only do they make bad decisions, the fourth reason is they do crazy things. They do crazy things. They, have you ever seen an adult throw a tantrum? Don't click on those TikTok airport videos, okay? They, they, they throw tantrums. They, they, they hit things. And by the way, listen to me. If you're in this room and you hit your spouse or your kids out of anger, stop it. Stop it. And if you are a wife or if you are a son or a daughter and you are being physically abused at home, Come talk to me. Tell somebody. Angry people do crazy, stupid, sinful things. And listen, because angry people do all these foolish things is the last reason why you shouldn't have angry friends. Because an angry person ends up losing what is valuable. Angry people lose what matters in life. Proverbs eleven twenty nine 29 says, whoever brings ruin on their family will inherit only what? Wind. Right? If you're angry, you're going to lose. People are not going to want to be around you. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose opportunities. You're going to lose influence. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose possessions because anger takes what matters from you. So the second type of friend that we need to avoid is an angry friend. So we are not to be lazy friends or angry friends, but we are also not to choose lazy or angry friends. You ready for the third one? Number three, the third type of friend to avoid is the immoral friend or immoral people. Now, listen, if you're not a Christian, if you're in here and you're not a Christian, this is still good advice for you. If you're a Christian... This is not good advice. This is an expectation. This is a commandment. Why? What's an immoral person? A sinful person. A person who deliberately, openly sins. Why, pastor? What's the big deal with sinful people? I mean, there's just so many sinful people, non-Christians around us. Yes, evangelize them. Don't make them your closest friends. Why? Why? What's wrong with that? Well, look at what Romans 6.23 says. Really simple. Sin pays off with what? With death. Sin kills things. And if you are building your life around sinful people, it is only a matter of time before sin kills things in your life. And you know what's the first thing sin kills? Your connection with God. Come on. You don't have to shout it out loud, but can you admit that when you are not as careful not to sin, it's when it's the hardest to pray? 
when it's the hardest to, to read your Bible, when it's the easiest to not come to church? Because what sin does is that sin kills. And the first thing it kills, it kills our connection with God. And then, listen to me, it'll kill the relationship to our closest and most important people. If you're married, sin will kill your marriage. If you got kids, sin will kill your relationship with your kids. Sin may bring you pleasure. Yes, it does. Come on, I'll admit it. Sin feels good or else you wouldn't sin. But, but just because sin feels pleasurable doesn't mean it's good. And you know what's the most dangerous thing about sin? That its consequences are not visible till after some time. I mean, you're drinking now and nothing's happening and, you know, you're having a good time, but it's after the years that your liver gives out. It's after a while that you realize, look how much money I spent. Look at that DUI. Look at that dumb mistake that I made. Because that's what sin does. Sin always pays with death. Listen, statistics tell us how important it is to choose to honor God. Statistics today, in, in today, there was, uh, I read it by Bill uh, Galstone, says that 97%, listen to me, 97% of people, young people, 97% of people who finish high school, okay, who finish high school, get a job, then get married, and then have children, are 78, 97% of the time, they will not live in poverty. Those that don't, only 41% don't live in poverty. You know what that tells me? That tells me that God sends his blessing when we honor him and when we honor his ways. So, do you have friends? Do you have friends that are costing you God's blessings? Are you costing your friends God's blessings? Because instead of saying, hey, you know, let's go to that life group, you're going bar hopping. Because instead of saying, hey, check out this verse, you're like, check out this girl. Avoid immoral friendships. And I, I know what you're thinking, especially if you're young, but they're the coolest pastor. They're so fun. <laughs> yeah, sin is reckless and cool. Of course it is. Yeah, exactly. So avoid being an immoral friend and avoid having immoral friendships. Let me give you some of the things that sin will take from you. Number one, you can fill these out in your, in your, in your paper. I've, as I already mentioned, your community with God. Your community with God. But the second thing that it, it'll, it'll rot from you, it'll kill, it's your identity. It'll kill your identity. Listen to me. I think that as Christians, we, ought to, we can't struggle with depression. But I am very concerned at the high percentage of Christians that struggle with depression. And my observation has been is that we are not rooted in our identity in Christ. We look so much like the world that we're getting the effects of the world. Sin will take your identity. 
But the third thing is that it'll take your common sense, right? You know the old saying, well, it's not old. I think it's not old. Common sense isn't what? Common anymore. You know why? Because sin is more rampant. Immorality is more rampant. The fourth thing that sin will, will take from you is your peace. Let me tell you something. Can, can I get really raw or a little bit more raw? Okay. If you're having sex outside of marriage, oh, is that too raw? No? Okay. If you're having sex outside of marriage, it feels good or else you wouldn't be doing it. But here's what I do know. You don't have any peace. When you got to go to bed and you're in your bed or you're in those quiet moments, something inside of you is turning. And it's two things. It's the enemy accusing you, but at the same time, it's also God telling you, hey, there's, there's a better way. See, some of you don't have mental financial peace because you're not honoring God in your finances. You're stealing from God. And you got your own reasons. I just can't afford it. I'm so inconsistent. Because when we're immoral, when we sin, we lose our peace. But then last, this is a big one. Sin will cause you to lose God's favor over your life. Sin will cause you to lose God's favor. You know what God's favor is? It's God smiling upon you. It's God saying, you know what? I love you so much. You bring so much pleasure to me that I got you. I got you. You don't want to lose God's favor because it is God's favor that will take you places that you can't go by yourself. And sin will take God's favor from you. So listen, if your friends are not leading you towards God and they're leading you towards what's wrong, make that tough decision and change your friends. I've said this to you many times. One of the most spiritual things we can do is to change the people that we do life with. Amen. Amen? And then last but not least, here's, here's another one. Avoid being friends with greedy people. Avoid being friends with who? Greedy people. Why? 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 What's wrong with greedy people? They're savers. <laughs> They're collectors, all right? Isn't that what greedy people are? They, they just have a shoe collection. They got a purse collection. They're adventurous. They, 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 they want to go to all these places. No, it's greed. And you know what's the problem with greed and relationships? That a greedy person doesn't give, only takes. And they'll drain the life out of you. They'll put you in situations that you have no business being in. And they'll give you drama and create all kinds of stress because they went through something and you didn't answer. Luke 12, 15. By the way, greed is not just money. When we mainly think about money, which is one of the things that I'm going to talk to you about, but greed is not just money. Greed is time. Greed is service. Greed is our ears. Greed is our attention. Amen? Uh, Luke 12, 15. Then he said, by the way, this is Jesus speaking. 
Beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Little greed, small greed, some greed, smart greed, dumb greed, all greed, right? Life is not measured by how much you what? You owned. We sing about that. We talk about that, but we don't live that way. We live like we really are going to take everything we owned. Look at what Ecclesiastes 5.1 says. It says, those who love money will never what? Have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings what? True happiness. I think we've all, uh, when it comes to our finances, I think we all uh, say, well, I want to get to the next place. And you know what everybody says that they need to be financially okay, to not be stingy? Just a little more. Isn't that what you say? Man, if we could just get a little more, we'd be okay. But then you get that raise and it's still not enough. Why? Because it's a heart issue. Many times it's not a financial issue. It's a what? It's a heart issue. And you want a little bit more now. Now, now, now you got a car and it's not enough that you got a car. You want a new car. And then you get a new car and it's not enough that you got a new car. You want a luxury car. That's greed. That's the way greed works. And here's the thing. Greedy people think that they'll find their fulfillment and their identity in possessions. But that's not what the Bible tells us, right? The Bible tells us that true meaning is not found in things, is not found in, in possessing something, that true meaning comes from having and knowing God. That's where satisfaction comes in. True happiness and satisfaction comes from loving God and loving others. So I'll wrap it up with this. What kind of friends you got? What kind of friends you got? Have you got any friends that, as we've talked about, you say, man, yeah, so-and-so is that, and I'm not trying to judge them, but I do need to evaluate that because that says a lot about me. That, that impacts where my life's going to go, and that greatly influences my relationship with God. What kind of friends you got? But second, what kind of friend are you? You want to relieve some tension in your life? Choose your friends wiser. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.